Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. And we always look forward to the start of training camp, and there are a ton of storylines to get into today involving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their start of training camp this week. I'm the Downey half of this dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Check out BucksNation.com. There's already a ton of stuff up there from all of the happenings at training camp and the breaking news that has happened this week involving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. A ton of stuff up there as well. But the other half of this dynamic duo, my co-host, you can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. He is the one, the only, Lynn Martez. A very eventful uh, opening day and day following for the Bucks this year, Lynn. Yeah, you would hope it would be all good news, but uh, in my ears, man, I, I, hear, I hear coaches for the years I've covered NFL teams and camps in the first couple of days, you know, four days without pads on. I hear coaches screaming. I just hear it. I'm hearing it now. Get off the ground. Get off the ground. No one is supposed to be on the ground when you're going through the three or four days of no pads before camp starts really the the somewhat hitting part of things. So I say that because of the news that came out today, and I'll let you fire away with all that mess. Yeah, so the injury that Lynn is referring to is starting center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Jensen. And when I say get off the ground, I'm not referring to Ryan Jensen. Mm -hmm. I'm referring to the fact the injury occurred to him because someone was on the ground. Yeah, so Ryan Jensen, the Bucs starting center, uh, in drills today. The defensive line comes through. He gets rolled up on on his knee. There's video out there on social media. You can hear an audible scream from Ryan Jensen. He was carted off of the field. Reports have come out. uh, Both Adam Schefter and Rick Stroud have both reported that the Bucs are fearing the worst. There is no official diagnosis just yet in terms of what exactly uh, Jensen's injury is. I believe Rick put out there that best case scenario is he returns at some point during the season. Stop. Okay. Stop. Stop. Nobody knows at this standpoint. Yeah. It's a couple of hours old, dude. Let's not do this again. We do this. I'm not saying just you. I'm saying everybody. Nobody knows. that The Avid Health Training Center has taken tests that are inconclusive as of right now. They don't have, they don't have the information they have. Now, the Bucs would tell you, and Jason Light alluded to this after practice today, okay? The news is going to come out in a couple of days. They may have the news as early as tomorrow, mm-hmm. but we're going to get the news as maybe as early as Saturday or Sunday. You want to know why? Because they want to confirm the news. So everything we're doing prior to is hogwash, dude. It's just talk. It's all Oops. it is. It's, and we've done it we've, a couple of years ago. We did it with Vita Vea. And folks who are on social media, oh, yo, when I was in high school, I suffered that injury and it was an ACL. And we had people actually in, in the media who do what we do was saying, oh, well, you know, a doctor told me. It's like, stop. 
let them do what they do. <laughs> That's what they get paid for. Not only that, who's it affect most, right? It affects the Bucks most. So they want to have the most conclusive, confirmed information before everyone wants to go out and be first with speculation. That's all it is. Speculation. I 100% agree with you. But as we always talk about the Mount Rushmore of Bucks media, I trust Rick's reporting on this so far, and he's getting that info from the Bucks. I, I'm not, Rick is not out there rec- recklessly speculating. 100%. And Rick is, I, I, look, I'll say it. I'm the guy that coined the phrase mm-hmm. Rick Stroud, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Rick's, Rick's my dude. But again, and he's not telling you, he's not giving you. Hey, he's going to be gone for six weeks. Hey, he's going to come back for the third spring, the third preseason. He's not doing any of that. He's doing it based off the experience that he has, that I am the one that says he belongs on the Mount Westmore when it comes to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, nothing is confirmed. And, and the problem with someone like Rick doing what he does is that everybody tries to do it. Yep. No. No, no. That's why I'm going to sit here and tell you, I don't know squat <laughs> with all the information that I may have based off, the, based off the time that I spent around a football team, whether it be the Dolphins, Panthers, or Buccaneers. I'm not going to tell you, oh, I saw that interview in 2010. And you know what? The guy was out for six weeks. And I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. So again, the reason why I say what I say, is not so much in reference to someone like Rick doing what he does. It's that everybody wants to do it and everybody wants to be first with news that all they're doing is speculating until the Bucks tell you what is up. So, but let's get into the fact that there, this is something, this is a big deal. The Bucks, it is out there that the Bucks are, that the Bucks are fearing the worst. So before we get into what the next steps might be for the Buccaneers, just in general, how big of a loss is Ryan Jensen for this team, especially at this stage, the opening days of training camp? It would be a big deal anyway, whether it was 2019. It would be a big deal his first year here, let alone his, you know going into his fifth year and going playing with a guy like Tom Brady. It would be a big deal with all those factors. It's an even bigger deal. You want to know why? Because last week, I made the mistake in, sta- in stating the fact that this team is going to be playing with three new offensive yeah. linemen. Well, guess what? That mistake may potentially come true because now you have the interior of the offensive line potentially being all new, playing together for the first time. We know about the guards being new. Now you potentially could have a new center. Again, speculation, we're not there yet. But that's why it's big. Brian Jensen could come back week one against Dallas. Great. Fantastic. The issue is coming back without any time with those guys to his left and those guys to his right. That's the issue. Now, if it's worse than that, it could be worse than that. The biggest thing for me, and I said it last week, you know, we talk about Leonard Fournette and the fact that he may come into camp. I wasn't worried about that. And, And mind you, We'll probably talk about it. The dude came into camp. He ran well. Anybody that, that's, that, that knows the NFL, when it comes to training camp, 
you got one thing that goes to the top of your list. You know what it is? Injury concerns. That No, I'm talking about from a player standpoint. Okay, okay. When a player comes to camp, you know what his biggest concern is? The conditioning drill. Okay, that's his biggest concern, the conditioning drill. That's why I said I wasn't worried about Leonard Fournette coming into training camp out of shape. <laughs> Mini camp, okay, no problem. Training camp, because your behind got to go do the conditioning drills. Okay? From someone who just played high school football, I can even say my biggest worry going into practice. We ain't got to go back. We ain't got to go back a decade and a half. We ain't talking about all that, okay? Here's the thing, okay? You come to camp as a player in shape for conditioning drills. You want to know why? Because those gases will kick your behind, man. Time, everybody else, the adrenaline, other players having to do it with you, whether it be your position players, the guys inside your room, dogging you because you weren't able to complete the test, let alone the coaches being on your behind. That's why I wasn't worried about Leonard Fournette coming into shape in camp. That, to me, wasn't the biggest issue prior to camp. The biggest issue, again, was the new guards on this team. And now, potentially, you could have a new center, potentially, because we don't know yet, on this team. The biggest reason that's a big deal for me is because of the guy they protect, whether he's 45, 35, or 25. You know what Tom Brady doesn't like? getting pressure from the middle and having to move in the pockets. That's why it's a big deal. It's always been a big deal. Look at the teams have been that have been successful against the Patriots and also here in Tampa Bay. The teams that can rush four guys and get to the quarterback. That's been the biggest problem when it comes to Tom's offense, whether it be the one here in Tampa Bay or the one in New England. Go down the list. The Baltimore Ravens, right? Handled them in the playoffs. The Jets handled them in the playoffs, okay? I'm not telling you they never beat those teams. I'm telling you it was a tougher time for them to beat those teams. Mind you, the the, the two Super Bowls before they lost to the Eagles, they lost to the Giants. It wasn't because the Giants outscored them, (laughs) all right? The infamous quote from Tom was, when Plastico had a prediction, he said, oh, we're only going to score 14 points? Yeah, Tom, (laughs) because they're going to send four, drop seven, and you're going to have a hard time because of that NASCAR package is going to come at you, dude. That's the issue when it comes to this offensive line, the guards, and now potentially the center being brand new. Well, and I'll say this, because Tom Brady, when he came back, that added a completely new element to all of this Ryan Jensen thing, because I remember when we were talking about who the Bucks were going to bring back in terms of all of the free agents on this team when Brady was retired, when we were previewing the offseason, both of us kind of circled in and said, you know, maybe Jensen might be the one that they let walk. That did not happen. And I think a big part of that is what you mentioned in having the two new guards next to him. And even if Brady wasn't going to come back, you want to have that continuity and you want to have the leader of your offensive line. Now, again, we don't fully know how long he's going to be out, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Bucks are going to do in this situation now. We talked about last week who might end up as the starting guards. Okay, as they've lined up so far in training camp, credit to Len Martez, they are exactly what Len predicted. Shaq Mason, 
on the right side, Aaron Stenny on the left side in terms of the starting guards. Now, when Jensen went down today, Robert Hainsey, the second-year player out of Notre Dame who plays center and guard, slotted in there at center. We know the Bucs have had high hopes for him. That's one of the reasons when you and I were talking about this offseason saying the Bucs didn't necessarily need to bring Jensen back. Hainsey was one of those reasons. But it has also been reported by Rick Stroud that the Bucs will go out and look at a veteran center. I don't know if it's just the youth in Hainsey, but, and I, I haven't done a ton of research into what the center market is right now, but I would almost rather have a guy who has some experience with Brady, some experience in this offense, ready to slot in there, ready then than to go out there and try and find someone who you might consider a veteran at this point, even though you want to have depth. Because if Jensen is out, you're, you want to have someone to at least back Hainsey up. That's the thing. Out of everything you just stated, that's the most important thing. It's the depth issue. When it comes to this football team, when it comes to this offense, think about when it came to the game plan. Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady get together, they go to the game plan and you know, beyond all the BS rumors that Bruce came and red penned a lot of things, forget that. It's the responsibility that people have when it comes to this offense. It's also the responsibility of the man who goes on the field and it affects the most. And that's Tom Brady. So if Tom is comfortable with Robert Hainsey playing center, that's who's probably going to play center. Again, all speculation based off of what we don't know yet about Ryan Jensen. Rick may have mentioned, shout out Rick Stroud, may have mentioned going out and looking at free agents. But here's what you have. There's a reason why the Bucs made the biggest news they made prior to Jensen getting hurt this week by signing Julio Jones. You want to know why? Because the news they did was they took a step now as opposed to waiting to October November, December, like they had to do last year to try to plug in wide receivers when wide receivers went down. There's a reason why these players are available now as opposed to later in the year, later in whether it be training camp, because teams are plucking them away. Granted, it's early in training camp, day two, but still a guy and pardon the expression, but a guy out on the street is probably not going to be as good as the guy you got in your building already. That's the thing. Unless you're Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> that's the exception. That's the exception. A guy that's, that's maybe looking to get onto a team with the exception of two guys I can think of right now, <laughs> because one of them is Rob Gronkowski and a Dominican suit stays in shape <laughs> so beyond those two guys if a guy is out on the street not on a team late july early august he's probably not as good as a guy that's already on your football team and in the end you know you who you have to quote unquote appease and keep happy is the guy that it affects the most and that's you mentioned the fact that we hashed out, we talked about potentially who the Bucks may not bring back, and we brought up Ryan Jensen. You know one of the reasons why he's back playing football with the Bucks is number 12. They talked about it, dude. Yep. They talked about it when he even signed his contract. 
Hello? Hey, who's this? Tom? Yeah, Tom. But boom, conversation. You're my center. I'm putting my hand behind your butt for the next 17 games. Don't go anywhere. Plus playoffs. Boom. That's how it is. And and again, Ryan Jensen's not a football team. Came back. <laughs> One of the main reasons why, if not the biggest reason why, it's because of 12. And you know what? And Robert Hainsey is the starting center, if he has to be, in Dallas, week one, it's because Tom says, it's cool. I'm good with Hazy. He knows what he's doing. He'll protect me. Yeah, and let's let's hope that, I mean, still knock on wood, let's hope that, that something unexpected comes down and Jensen could be, could be ready. But Hainsey, the Bucs drafted him where they drafted him last year for a reason. So let's see what happens in terms of that. And I do think that, if Hainsey is the starting center, that changes the entire dynamic of the offensive line. And I almost would completely agree with you that Stinney will be the starting guard as opposed to Gadecki as far as having more experienced guys on the O-line. But that's another, another conversation once we know the full scope of what is going on with Ryan Jensen's knee. But you mentioned it. The other big news that came out this week in terms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was that the Bucks have signed Julio Jones. Now, Lynn, a uh, little peek behind the curtain here for uh, for all of our listeners. We were involved with a group text with us and all of the other members of Bucks Nation. And earlier this week, uh, I believe I was washing dishes when this happened. It pops up. I get a buzz on my watch and I get a, a text that says the Bucks signed Julio Jones. And I almost I immediately want to go to my phone and make sure that it wasn't uh Adam Sheftin that tweeted this instead of Adam Schefter. I was absolutely shocked when I found out that the Bucks signed Julio Jones. You and I had our differences in opinion in terms of him going to the Tennessee Titans. Another time today, Len Martez, you were right. We've talked. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I like how that sounds. Pause. Rewind. Let's say it again. You might get another one in terms of uh, a certain rookie that's already looking good uh, at training camp so far later in this show. But uh, let's talk about this and Julio Jones. Genuinely shocked in my opinion and it's not because I don't think that Julio can't add something to a team as a red zone weapon but one of the biggest things in our training camp preview last week that we talked about was the Bucks' depth at wide receiver and how some good guys were going to be on the street when this when this season starts and or or some people or, or another team is going to be able to pick up a very solid waiver wire pickup going into the season to shore up their receiver room Julio Jones here, I think that the Bucks didn't sign Julio Jones and thinking that he's not going to make this football team. Julio Jones didn't sign here thinking he's not going to make this football team. To me, based on what I saw last year in Tennessee, I don't know how much it adds. Maybe the the biggest thing that you can take away from this is say maybe it replaces some of Rob Gronkowski's red zone threat type that that could be the hole that Julio would fill but it moves up that cut line in terms of the receivers even more where it's not just Tyler Johnson and Cyril Grayson worrying about making this football team 
got to throw Scotty Miller into that into that now. You got to talk about it's I mean a ton of guys were returning kicks today. Jalen Darden to me the signing was just a little bit puzzling, and I'm not sure that letting one of those guys go is worth what Julio might bring to this football team. Yeah, a couple of things. And obviously, when you say I was right about Julio Jones last year joining the Titans, it wasn't so much about Julio, although he's missed 14 games the last two years combined, seven in each year, and he's got hamstring issues. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that. I mean, he's, he's, when you think of a wide receiver and you say 33 years old, you don't really think that old, but there's wear and tear on tires, let's say. But again, he's had issues staying healthy. And, and again, it's, it's straight up hamstring issues. Bottom line, he hasn't had any other injuries the last few years except for the hamstrings. But when I said last year, this time last year, when he joined the Titans, that it was a good match, it wasn't so much about him. It was about the team he was joining and about the quarterback that he was going to be playing with. And I know A.J. Brown excelled with the Titans, but there's only so many times that they were going to throw the football in Tennessee. And when you've got that clear cut number one, that's the guy that a quarterback that is not the best at going through reads is going to look for frequently. Mind you, the, let's not even talk about what happened in the playoffs for the Titans and, and Mr. Tannehill in itself. But that's the reason why I said it wasn't a good match. Here's the reason why it's a good match here. And the most important thing, bottom line, is availability. He's got to play. But coming here, there is, there is that number that they have to replace. And you and I could, could sit here, and we did. We sat here, and we talked about Cam Brake sucking up those numbers. And I also mentioned last week when folks were talking about, oh, Kyle Rudolph, he's going to come to the Bucs, and he's going to be Gronk. No, because they don't need him to be Gronk. They didn't need him to be Gronk before. They certainly don't need him to be Gronk now. And he hasn't been that type of player to begin with for the last five or six years. That's Kyle Rudolph. But what this team needed and what they're going to try to do with Julio is give them that red zone threat where you're looking at Godwin, potentially, once he comes back from his injury, Mike Evans, I mean, Tom Brady and Mike Evans were, I mean, they were clicking in the red zone. He throws it up to Mike, boom, because it's a mismatch. You got a 6-5 receiver against a 5-8, if you're lucky, corner. Mike's going to win that matchup every time. Well, you know what you did now? Okay. You t- not that you can take Mike away, but even if you did somehow, you can go zone in the red zone against the Bucks defense. But you got experienced receivers that are going to find holes in that zone, just like Gronk did. Look at the, look at the touchdowns Gronk scored last yep. year. Okay, turns around, sits down, finds a spot for Tom. That's what they want Julio to do now, right? That's all you. That's all you need to do. You got the guys outside. You got Mike Evans outside. That's massive against a corner that's much smaller than him. Okay, if Tom wants to throw it up to him. He can throw it up to him. But what you got now is you got a guy like Julio, who, again, who is smart enough, like Gronk was, to sit down when you play zone (laughs) against those four weapons that are going to come at you, 
not including the, the, the running back that could come out and, and Fournette or whomever else it might be. And you got a veteran like Julio Jones who knows how to sit down in the red zone like Gronk did and be available to number 12. That's why the signing is good. That's why I like it as long as he's available. Don't tell me about, oh, Julio Jones is all pro for seven years. They don't need that guy. And that guy doesn't exist anymore. Stop. Okay. They need him to stay healthy as much as possible. Okay. Be available. Think about, think about the Looney Tune that went that sideways that was on, was on stage in Miami last week. Do your dance, AB. Do your dance. I had to do it at least once. I hope this, I hope this is the part that you, that you cut for, our, for the video preview you put out on Twitter. I, I, <laughs> anyway that dude right as much as he was all world in pittsburgh they didn't need that guy to come here and be all world in tampa bay no dude you're a third wide receiver on this football team get in the slot tom's gonna give you your targets he's gonna be keep you happy eight targets a game nine targets a game on pace for a thousand yards okay Julio Jones may not even get the numbers that A.B. got, but he's going to, again, be a threat for this, for this offense when it comes to being that guy that Tom is going to miss with 87 not being here any longer. Do your dance, A.B., do your dance! And another guy that I neglected to mention was the guy that Tom Brady might have had the best connection with in the first couple of days of, of training camp and Brashad Perriman, who sometimes forget is part of this receiver room with those young guys in there as well. So it's going to be very interesting to see what this receiver room looks like come Trey, opening night in Dallas. I can sit here and name you nine guys, like yeah. nine guys. Yeah. And granted, maybe two of the guys are return guys and Miller and Darden. But I, but I, like I said, I, I can sit here and, and name you nine wide receivers that legitimately are supposed to be on this roster come, come, you know, the, the first day, the first week in Dallas, <laughs> you know, I mean, that kick returner battle is going to be, is going to be a thing. Now, if you, if you're looking at Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller has got to show that he's more reliable in the punt return game. Or if you're even a Cyril Grayson who was back there fielding, fielding kicks today, because with the addition of, with the addition of Julio Jones, the, the spots for just a receiver have gone down one on this football team. You're going to have to try and beat Darden out in terms of that if you want to make this team. Let me just let me just throw this at you, all right? Mike Evans, a healthy Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Rashard Perman. That's five already, okay? You got Grayson, that's six. You got the two return guys, that's seven. That's eight. I mean- And then Tyler Johnson, that's and nine. And you got Tyler Johnson, that's nine. Like I said, you got nine guys- Here's the thing, though, and and I and you know you, you can remember the the overtime touchdown he had against Buffalo. That may be the last <laughs> the last big play that Rashad Perman made in the regular season. I I'm not pushing him out, but you start running down those nine guys and and ask yourself what these guys give you, right? What what these guys give you? You mentioned the two return guys, right? Scotty Miller's going to give you something there. Jalen Daughter is going to give you something there. You kind of have to keep those two guys because potentially one of them gets hurt. The other guy replaces the other guy, right? From a return standpoint, 
I'm not telling you they're locks. They're not locks. The first four guys you mentioned are locks. Julio, Gage, Godwin, Evans, depending on where Godwin is in his injury. Maybe that saves a spot for Perman on his football team. But, dude, I just mentioned those four guys, right? And then I think, and then I tell you, Perman, who's out? Yeah. Tyler Johnson's not out. He's a young guy. I'm not telling you any of these guys are locked other than the four guys I mentioned. But the last five, out of the last five, it's for sure, dude. It's a tough business. And we talked about it. We and Brashad's not playing Brashad's not playing special teams and making tackles. That's Cyril Grayson. Cyril Grayson will. He's, he came into this league. Okay. He got into this league. Practice squads, special teamer, starting wide receiver when the wide receivers went down. That was his path. So he's he's showing you. That's why I say it. I mentioned I mentioned the guys, I broke it down to, and I tell you, unfortunately, Bashad may be the odd man out. It's going to be so interesting to see how this plays out. A lot of Bucks fans and even some media think that Tyler Johnson needs a big preseason and a big camp to make this football team. And that's a long, that's a long cry away from where what I thought he would be coming out of Minnesota. Now, this is not to say that he's not going to make this football team, but I thought that Johnson had a chance to, you know, be the number three receiver within a couple years on this football team. Now he's going to have to fight to make the football team uh, in his third year with, with the Bucks. Um, you ready for your other pat on the back there, there, Lynn Martez? We'll talk Come a, on! Talk a little defensive side of the football and talking about where guys are slotted in already. You have been glowing about one Zion McCollum since the Bucks drafted him. I know my defense, him. man. I know my defense. I know my D-backs, man. I know my D-backs. He's already, he's already working with the second team defense just a few days into his initial NFL training camp. Granted, granted, I should let you go and tell you I'm, I'm right. But granted, that is true. Working with the second team defense. But I'll even, I'll even give myself <laughs> kind of a, kind of a relaxed blend. You know, you're not, you're not telling us anything just yet. And the reason why I say that is because you think about the guys that are already here in that, in that DB room, right? They have the defense down. There's a lot of guys, they're young, but when it comes to this defense, they're experienced. So Zion McCollum, needs to get those reps yeah. and that experience. So as much as I want you to tell me, <laughs> um, right, there's a reason why he's getting the reps now early because, again, those other guys, they know it. They know it. This guy needs to learn the defense. But you can tell me I'm right. Bring it on. You don't just see a, a guy who was drafted, uh, where he was drafted, just get into the second team this or this early in camp that I, I agree with you that he needs reps. The third team gets a lot of reps as scout team in camp too. So he's let's say, let's, let's say this. He's leapfrog other people. That's the thing. Delaney for he's for leapfrog one, right? other people. They want to see what he's got, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I could have told Todd, yo, Todd, let me tell you something. Zion's got something, man. I, I watched the film, man. I know my DBs like you do, Todd. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, it's it's inter- interesting to me that on the first team defense, the outside corners were Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting. 
that was a little interesting to me as opposed to as opposed to Jamel Dean being on being on the outside. So definitely more storylines to watch throughout training camp and once we get into preseason as well. One last thing on the defense uh, before we wrap it up for this week, I want to get into comments made by one Shaq Barrett in glowing praise for one of his teammates and someone that might be in for a breakout year with guys leaving the Bucks. Anthony Nelson, who has been uh, play, who has played sparingly, played a little bit more uh, last year when Jason Pierre-Paul went down to injury, but he wasn't slotted in as that starting guy with Joe Tryon-Choenka, where the Bucks drafted him with the last pick in the first round, uh, really being that guy. But speaking to the media after camp this week, Shaq Barrett compared Anthony Nelson to himself as a guy who was in Denver and just couldn't get on the field with the outside linebackers and DNs that they had. And then he comes here to Tampa and fixes what has been a dormant pass rush for many years. Uh, Are you expecting Lynn, are you expecting Anthony Nelson to possibly be one of the breakout players on this football team in 2022? Well, he's had moments. Uh, Yes. I mean, his rookie season, I think it was week three in Carolina. He made a couple of plays in that game that the Bucks won. I believe uh, they stopped McCaffrey on a fourth down play, something along those lines. So, uh, it was in 2019. But he's had moments. Some folks will grade him out to kind of based off of his lack of consistency as an incomplete so far when you start grading the draft picks and you start grading the draft grades um, or the draft picks in each, each draft, you start thinking, oh, you know, what, what's Nelson? Oh, he's an incomplete. We've seen some things, but we haven't seen, we haven't seen enough to give him a full grade. Certainly not an F because he's made plays, but I will say this much. Everyone is saying Tryon Shayanka is the guy that's going to plug in and, you know, basically take it off the leash, so to speak, and being able to play as much as JPP did along those lines. I think it's more along the lines of it's, go- it's going to be a committee thing because think about it. You know, we're not just, we're not really we, like, like I am part of Todd Bowles' coaching staff. The Bucs aren't just replacing JPP. They're replacing Dominican Sue. And don't forget where Dominican Sue played a lot of last year. He played outside. It wasn't just about playing, you know, in the middle, you know, slogging up the middle with Vita Vea. Uh-uh, dude. Uh-uh. 93 was out, lined up outside. So that's the thing. You know, they have to replace those number of plays with different players. And, yeah, they'll do it with Hicks, and they'll do it with a number of guys. But I think Nelson and Chiyanka, they're probably going to play the same amount um, based off of – how they play moving forward, meaning if somebody pulls away and is having and just you know having a better year than the other guy, then that guy may play 65 or 35. You know, it might rotate that way 65, 35, 65, one guy, 35, the other guy. But if they're going neck and neck as far as making plays are concerned, and Anthony's had him, he's made plays. I don't I don't see why they can't be splendid, why they or even be on the field together with Shaq Barrett. Because, again, when you're talking about this defense and you're talking about lining up two, two hands in the grass, right, two hands in the dirt, three or four of the guys, you don't know who's coming, you don't know who's dropping. 
Joe Tryon Sanyanka can drop. Anthony Nelson could drop. Nelson so, can Nelson can also play play the position that Sue played or the position that uh, Will Golston plays just based on his size as well. We've seen him used a little bit with his hand in the ground as well. That's why I say from a versatility standpoint, you know, he, he gives you he gives you what not saying I'm not saying the impact that Sue made, but when it comes to playing, they have to get those they have to get those number of plays. We talked about the offense and I told you about, you know, Tom Brady is going to look for somebody in the red zone like he looked for Gronk. They got to replace those numbers. Todd Bowles talked about it today. He's got to replace those numbers when it comes to Gronk. This offense has to replace that. And that's where Julio Jones comes in, a, a veteran that can sit down in the zone, find, find a hole for the red zone. Well, same thing with the defense. On the defensive side, they've got to replace the number of plays that not only JPP played, but also Dominic and Sue. And you can say, well, that's why they signed Hicks. Hello? There's a reason why Hicks is here, but there's also a reason why they want to rotate plays with Hicks. You want to know why? Because homeboy can't stay healthy. So you want to keep him healthy? You rotate plays and you don't put the you don't put that wear and tear on him. Granted, number 90 never wanted to come out and he played 90% of the plays. They don't have that guy here now anymore. It's gonna be very interesting to see who breaks out more as training camp continues. Honestly, when we're back here next week, I kind of hope it's been a less newsworthy week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though we always love storylines doing what we do. But until then, he is Len Martez. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter. As I said, tons of updates there at Bucks underscore Nation, as well as checking out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Until next week. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.